Well, that's the only thing. I just start off by calling them gompies and then, yeah, it's all easy. Great. Great. Are you ready? I am. Here we go. Hello, gompies, and welcome to a special edition of Pod Machine. One, we're not talking about one of the albums or the compilations. We're talking to one of the artists who featured on the compilation. Can you please welcome into your ears, into your hearts. It's Monique Brumby, everyone. Yay. <laughs> Hi, Monique. Hi, Josh. Hi, Thanks for doing good. this. Uh, my pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. Now, we've never met before. No, we haven't. Is this your card? No. Uh, we, but we, we, we're very similar. Like, we, we're both Tasmanians. We are indeed. Now, before I get into talking about Tasmania, so this whole uh, show is about compilation albums, Hit Machine yes. and 100% Hits, the, the rival one, the Coke to their Pepsi. Uh, did you have any, growing up in your formative years, did you have any compilations that you bought? Yeah, I did actually. I had um, Choose 1985. Um, yeah. yeah, and 1985 comes alive. 1985 was a big year for me with compilation albums. <laughs> um, yeah, they were on cassette. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I remember that I really liked Jermaine Jackson's Dynamite. Um, okay. For whatever reason, it just stuck out to me as a song. But I was really jealous because my sister actually got Choose 1985 and I got 1985 Comes Alive and I liked hers better than mine. That's, so I used yeah. to steal it and put it in my boombox. Is she younger or older? She's older. Yeah. So she's see, always my, like, get out of my room. No, you can't borrow that. My older brother also, we'd had the same thing. He, he would try and convince me to buy something that wasn't as good as the one he was getting, but he still kind of <laughs> yeah. wanted it. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty yeah. much like that. And I didn't know, like, I didn't have much taste as a kid. I just used to, you know, kind of kick around in whatever and um, I, I just liked a song if it had a catchy melody and I could move my body to it. So Jermaine, Jermaine Jackson, Dynamite. Anything else you remember from Comes Alive 85? Yeah, there was. Um, I think there was a... Um, I think it was a Tina Turner song on there. Okay. Um, I can't remember which one, um, but I really liked that as well. Yeah. Um, oh, was there? Oh, geez, I can't remember now. But I, you know, I remember that I had that compilation. I used to listen to it all the time. Because I, I remember. I remember when I was like six or seven. There was like a couple of tapes that I had, probably a bit younger actually. There was yeah. John Farnham's Whispering Jack. That oh, was yeah. in the house. That was but a good other, album. It was a good album. I remember, yeah. and my mum still makes fun of me about this, I used to call what I was doing break dancing to John Farnham in my, in my <laughs> house in Burnie. And then another one I remember was Chipmunk's Punk. So it was <laughs> what they classified yeah, punk, punk songs, yeah. uh, but just in the Chipmunk style. So I remember there was Billy Idol on there. There was also a Blondie song on there. Oh yeah, um, Bond. Yeah, so Blondie was on this um, volume, Hit Machine, oh. Maria, with their comeback song, right? But we're not talking about that one. That was twenty two. No, but that's yeah, next the, week. Yeah, the break dancing and stuff. I remember I went to a um, a class to do uh, break dancing, but it was more rap. Yeah. Um, and uh, rap dancing, it, not rap, like <laughs> you know, the ver- verbal um, yep. genre of music where um, you say things very quickly and in some sort of rhythmic rhyming pattern it was more like um moves like yeah body pop you can you can see me on this i can see you yeah with stuff like that and um i was quite i was i had a kind of a thing for it but i went to this um class probably like you did josh you know in a hall and i stood up the back and um yeah i had all all things um 
break dancing on. I didn't really, I could do the electric worm back then. It's when I had no boobs and it didn't hurt. We talked about this the other. I could go, I could go backwards. I couldn't go forwards with the worm. The forwards worm was too hard. <laughs> yeah, the forward, the forwards worm was very hard. I don't think I could do it either. So was that in Devonport or was that in Hobart? Uh, that was, uh, that was in. Oh, look, I moved to Hobart in nineteen eighty four. Yeah. Um, and I think it was just around that time. Yeah, I used to go roller skating in Devonport because I was from Devonport. You were from Burnie, weren't you? I'm from, yeah, so for the listeners, we're rivals, really. We Devonport, are, yeah. It's like Springfield and Shelbyville. <laughs> yeah, and actually, you know, Burnie's, um, well, it had the pulp mill there, didn't it, for a long yes. time. But it's actually very picturesque and beautiful as you come over that rise into Burnie. It's now quite it is. Beautiful. I yeah. laugh. It's almost like because they had the pulp mill and Tyoxide, which was a paint pigment factory, and both <laughs> those industries shut down. And for like fifteen years, the city didn't know what it was. And then someone no. must have been smart. And went, you know, there's a beach here, right? Why don't we build shops and cafes down by the waterfront on the yeah. beach? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sort of really changed over the years, didn't it? And yeah. um, I don't, I don't know if Devonport's um, changed that much. Um, the last time I was in Devonport, um, I was working up there um, doing some work um, at the Hillcrest tragedy that happened at school up there yep. um, when those kids um, lost their lives on the jumping castle. I was working in wellbeing for government. And, um, yeah, that was um, really emotional going back there. I went to Hillcrest Primary in 1983 for one year and it was the best primary school. Um, oh. Really good teachers and I think I got I... a really good education there. I'm a trained teacher. One of my teaching placements was six weeks at Hillcrest Primary School as You're well. You're kidding me. Yeah, and it's a, it's a great, it is a great, great school and a oh, great wow. community. I was only yeah. there for six weeks, but I, of all my placements, that was the one I enjoyed the most. Wow, incredible. Unlike the other one in Devonport, which I won't talk about now. <laughs> Don't talk about that one, Josh. <laughs> um, so you moved to Hobart. You moved to Hobart. Uh, what was the, like, the music scene in the 90s in Hobart? See, so the, yeah. the bands I remember from that era – May have even be after when you were even living there. It was like uh, Mouth and Sea Scouts. Do you remember any of these bands? Yeah, I remember Mouth. Yeah, so um, they then turned into Sea Scouts. Tim Evans was the main guy, the songwriter in that oh, band. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, 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 I remember seeing them advertised around. But I left in 93. Yeah. I remember I used I, I went out to see I – mean, we didn't get a lot of big shows, but I remember um, the first concert I went to was um, – it was, uh, I think it was Uncanny X-Men, um, Ivor Davies. Yep. Um, and I think, it was at the KG5 Oval in Glenorchy, and I think it was Kenny Rogers and Dolly Parton. I mean, I know that they were there. I don't know if it was the same concert, but in my mind it was. I can't, um, <laughs> I can't imagine Brian Mannix and Dolly Parton sharing a backstage fighting well, over I think who's it was, the Well, they kind of Dolly rocked up in a, in a big white limousine. I remember that, but. It was sort of like one of those collectives. I suppose it was like a compilation concert, you know, yeah. where you have a day. Um, but I, I remember going to see, um, and I was thinking about um, Midnight Oil, a Blue Sky Mine, when you were talking about Bernie, because I was yeah. thinking about that with the pulp mill there. And their song um, about Bernie. Their song about Bernie. Yeah. And I went to see them play. And I and then I went to see um, Deborah Conway when she launched um, her album, String of Pearls. I actually did a support show with her, and that was Probably my first big show. I think I played for forty dollars um, yep. with my guitarist Kev, um, who I lived with at the time. He used to ride motorbikes, and um, 
watch a lot of Ren and Stimpy. So we supported Deborah Gourmet for $40 at the old Wheat Sheep Hotel in Hobart, which was a great venue. Closed down, came car yard after that. So when you when you moved to Melbourne in 93, was that because you wanted to move to Melbourne or you felt you had to for career purposes? Yeah, I think at that time you yeah. couldn't really, you know, it was pre-the internet, isn't that weird? Yeah. Um, you know, but I was sort of right, my career sort of happened right on the cusp of um, analogue to digital, you know, in every form, in every yep. form. So, um, yeah, when we did our first tours, no one had mobile phones and it seems kind of crazy now it's i mean 30 years i suppose now and it just goes so quickly yeah um yeah i mean i still you know feel like a kid in some ways in in my in my heart and i still try to approach music from that perspective i think but um yeah look the the music scene there were some good musicians here but i think to have a career um and get into the touring circuit and stuff like that you sort of had to to move away yeah. And so what was it like? So you supported Deborah Conway and then when you moved to Melbourne or the mainland, was it just like starting from scratch again or did you already have a few people that you could rely on to like? No, I, I didn't. Out? And I, I, I didn't actually. I didn't really know anyone in Melbourne. And, um, yeah, I ran into a friend of mine who um, he worked at um, Sony. I just ran into him just randomly. Um, and, uh, yeah, he, he said uh, – what are you doing? I said, not yeah. much. <laughs> I didn't have much money. I didn't really know anyone. Um, and so he sort of, you know, set me up um, to get my demo. I'd done a demo um, down here at Red Planet um, yep. with Stu Long, who now um, is the senior audio engineer um, lecturer at UTAS. Yep. Wonderful um, drummer and musician and yeah, so he was kind of central, I suppose, to the Hobart music scene, I think, Stu, at that time. Yeah. And so, yeah, just to sort of, yeah, see someone else I knew from Tassie in Melbourne and then serendipitously was working for Columbia Records and it literally only took about six months from moving from Tassie to Melbourne and I had a record deal with Columbia and that was it. And that's how I ended up on Hit Machine. That's, the end. that's an incredible, <laughs> like, just, that's how that's easy it is, kids. Know. Just move, move to a big city and six months later you'll be signed to a label. Yeah. 